So just a quick public service announcement before we get going into the show proper, Mark. I'm scared. <laughs> just want to let everyone know, because I'm sure everyone's been really worried for the last week. Um, but just to let everyone know, we did get cake for this week's Bake Off. <laughs> so I know everyone will have a sigh of relief. We were worried. You were definitely worried, Mark, because it was 10 minutes before closing time. When I got to just be, <laughs> just around the corner from the shop and literally ran to the shop, got through the door with my mask on and then just sort of stood in the middle of the shop going, I'm so pleased you're open. I'm so pleased you're open. I think they, yeah, they had lots of probably things to say about me once I'd left. But yeah, managed to get some cake, brought it back, ate it during Bake Off. Technically I had a cookie rather than... Yeah, did I have a cookie as well? No. No, no, I had a big slab of big slab of Guinness cake, didn't yes. I? Of course I did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I feel that we've progressed from last week <laughs> and moved on and we're a bit more organised, sort of. And then I worked it off putting up Blake's new bed. Oh yeah, um you got <laughs> you got slightly angry. I always insisted that I enjoyed doing flat pack. Yeah, but when you've been upstairs for three hours and then you come downstairs and then just go, don't talk to me. <laughs> so what I did? Yeah, you just came and don't talk to me. Uh, and every time I tried to offer help, in inverted commas, it was rebuffed. In a very gentle way, I have to say, but it, it was rebuffed. It was when we put the mattress on and I realised I had put the base on upside down, which is kind of the second thing you do. Mm-hmm. So you're to flip that round, you then need to sort of work around everything else. Yes. So back up you went. Yeah. And you carried on. But it's fine, it's sorted now. Lovely. Lovely nursery furniture, all done. Blake's learned some new words this week, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has. <laughs> yeah, so we'd, we've done well. We've done all right. Hmm. We also had cake on Friday. We did have cake on Friday as well. It's a hard life, isn't it? It's really difficult, you know. What, what more can you do during a local lockdown? Supporting local businesses. Yes. We're not supporting many greengrocers, though, are we? It's mostly cake shops. No, it is mostly cake shops, but I think the cake shops really need us, you know. So, yeah, doing well. Good. Good. Should we talk about TV? Might as well. (laughs) Watching television, watching television. Let's um, report back on the third day, because we watched all three well, there weren't three days, were there? Or were there? No, they are set around. <laughs> That's literally how it's set out. Right. We watched all three episodes anyway. Of the first part. Which is called, remind Summer. me? Summer. Summer, okay. The one with Jude Law in, I'm yes. going to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we watched the whole thing. It fell off a cliff for me. I still don't really know what to make of it. We're not going to spoil it. No. Um, I would recommend this. I don't know if you would. Should we start with that? What yeah, would you, would you I, recommend it? I think it's admirable in mm. what it did. Mm-hmm. Um, the third episode started a little bit batshit crazy for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm fine with things going batshit crazy, but like, it's tough to come back from that yeah. and then take characters seriously and things like that. So, for example, one of my favourite films is Kill List, which has an absolutely insane ending, but it's the ending. So... I can then sort of sit during the credits going, what the hell have I just watched? This, it was sort of the first 10 minutes and it just put me on the back foot all the way for the rest of the episode. I enjoyed it, ish. 
I'm disappointed because I think I enjoyed the other two episodes better. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see people trying something. That was a bit of a backhanded compliment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Put that on the poster. It's well nice, done for trying. It's nice to see some people trying something. The Honeymoon Period podcast. Yeah, we're never going to make it. Um, yeah, I I agree with your admirable. I mm. I I don't particularly feel like I enjoyed it, but I don't think I'm meant to. I don't think it is a piece of television that you're meant to enjoy. There are too many dark themes attached to it. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of grief. There are um. Without giving anything away, there's there's a lot of death yes. around it. And there were some really quite horrifying moments, particularly in that third episode where everything, as you would expect, comes together. Mm. Maybe not in the way that you wanted, but it, you know, it does come to a resolution. Yeah. And there are things that happen in it that you go, oh, okay, that bit's now resolved, mm. in inverted commas. But there are things in it that are truly horrifying, not necessarily gruesome or there are many gruesome elements particularly in that third episode but horrifying in terms of what people will do what what will people go through i'm i'm pausing because i don't want to give anything away but what will people actually do in the name of something Mm. and there's a number of those things that i could point to it's not just one person doing something yeah and so i i found it very unsettling and it really, really did just take me back to things like Wicker Man, Midsummer that I haven't seen, all of those shows that involve someone going to a place and that place having something more to it than we would perhaps anticipate. Or does it? Yes. You know, that's the other or does it? I think the cinematography in this was absolutely, you know, it was uh, enchanting, it was unusual. There were some scenes of drug use where you really felt that you were going on that on that trip and you couldn't you couldn't understand really you didn't know whether they were seeing things because of the drugs or whether it was you know whether this was actually what was happening. That was the bit that put me on the back foot. Is it okay? Yeah, I just it started off like that the third episode mm. and for me that was just I needed to sort of ease into it mm-hmm. but yeah that's just me I'm mm-hmm. one to accept I have to say um one of the things that I wanted to say about episode two was that there was a particular scene where Jude Law is talking about his personal loss and now I, I felt as someone who has gone through a loss I found that really authentic and I remember thinking going wow this is I found that amazing. It's yes. one of the best descriptions of, of loss I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I'm glad I, you to- said that. I totally forgot about... Well, I didn't forget about it. I've had it in my head for a couple of weeks. And then this last episode, which we watched a couple of nights ago, mm. kind of knocked it out. So I'm really glad you said that. Yeah, there was less of that in this final episode. But mm. the second episode was him really looking at his anger, looking at how the loss had affected him emotionally. There was... There were just so, there was so much in just a small section between him and Catherine Waterston that rang so true. I I really appreciated that, and there were moments that I think will stay with me for quite a long time. Mm. I don't think I would want to watch it again, and that's why I I'm coming back to this. I don't think it was particularly enjoyable, but it was admirable. A lot of people talking about. Jude Law's performance. I mean, he absolutely went through the ringer for yeah, this. Yeah. This is a 
Jude Law get all the awards type of performance. I really mm. enjoyed him in this. I've always known Jude Law was an, was a good actor, like a, a very good actor. But this, he he's really going for. for I it don't here. know him from that much. Oh really? So I know him from AI. Uh huh. I must have seen other films with him in. Yeah, you will have done. But I can't think of them. Is that talented Mr. Ripley? Never seen it. He's he's in um. He's in the latest incarnation of Arthur. It yeah. was the Guy Ritchie film. Nope, never seen that. Oh yes, I ha- no was he? Yeah, he's. Um... No, you're not thinking. You're thinking that's not Arthur. Yeah, it is. Arthur was Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yes. No, I mean like King Arthur. Oh, not right. Arthur okay. when you get caught between the moon and New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, in Captain Marvel. He's in Closer. Do you remember Closer? I've never seen, you not seen that? Closer. Have you seen The Holiday? He's in The Holiday. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. Oh, he's also, I've just rem- remembered, um, he plays young Dumbledore in the sequels to Harry Potter, the Crimes of Grindelwald and the other one. Is Fantastic he in the Beats. first one? Um. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's only in the second one, which I've not seen yet. He's in. I'm looking it up now. He's in Contagion. He's in Hugo. He's in Side Effects, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Everyone's in The Grand Budapest Hotel. Spy, and he's in that film about. Not a film. He's in that TV show about being the Pope. Mm, it's Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, he's in Sherlock Holmes as well. The Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. There you go. He's had a very eclectic career. I've I've seen a bit of it. I've not seen a lot. Anyway. Anyway. He did very well. I enjoyed yes. him in this. And shall we talk about the 12-hour-long experimental sky arts thing? So we've not seen much of it. But people are raving about it. Really? Yeah. If you had a little contract, people were saying that they t- switched on, like we did, just like tuned in to see what was going on, because it's, it, it's interesting, isn't it? What's happening for 12 hours on sky arts to yes. do with the show. And said that they were they meant to just watch like fifteen minutes of it, and they were there for eight hours, and they hadn't like made their kids their tea, and they've just give, like just given up on the day and just mm. watched it, and that was um, just all of the Twitter th- feeds were people saying that. So yeah, it must have been, and people were taking like screenshots of them, like here comes Jude Law, and here comes it, and yeah. Apparently he was put through. I know I've used this phrase before, like put through the ringer, but like. He's like in dirt. He apparently dug a hole for something like two and a half hours and then they put him out into the ocean on a plinth with just in his pants was what I was getting. I mean, I don't know this for fact, but that's what people on the internet were saying. We like a plinth. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't like a plinth. You like a plinth with a football on, mm. though. That's when you favourite plinth. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, it, it seemed like a really immersive experience. It, it looked horrific. It was in the driving rain. And everyone was in mud or in the water. I remember turning up at one point. We turned on yeah. like a few times just to see what was happening. And there were all these blokes in the water in their clothes with a table mm. looking like the Last Supper, yeah. obviously. But they were just like up to their like, chests in water. And it's freezing and it's driving rain. And you just think, 
in this climate, do you really want to get a cold? You know, do you want to have any sort of respiratory <laughs> distress? No, that, definitely not. Yeah, don't be getting pneumonia. Or no, anything like definitely, that. definitely not. So I did feel for them. I thought this is a bit much. But people again were saying they should win all the awards, and a lot of people saying it was the first time they'd ever tuned into Sky Arts. So at least it drove people to that channel. Well, it's a big thing for them because they've just put Sky Arts on free view. Right. Um, so they made it free for everyone. Okay. Um, so I guess that's probably done quite well for them. Cool. Uh, we've got it on Sky Q. Have we? We taped it, yeah. Oh, have we? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I might just run through it and okay. there's a lot of stuff happening for a long time, I think. Yeah, and in like silence. Yes. <laughs> it's like digging a hole. Yeah. Mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure it, like, theatre wise and as a production and as a piece of art, yeah. I'm sure it's wonderful. But I just don't have the time no. to sit and watch that. Mm. So yeah, what an in, it's an interesting show. I feel like it should be in like a top ten at the end of the year because it's so well put together and there was some like I can remember huge bits of it and think, oh, remember that scene in the pub? I remember that scene. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's very memorable. Mm. But I don't. Yeah, I just don't think I enjoyed it. But there we go. Fair enough. Not all things are enjoyable. Mm. Shall I go next? Yeah, go on. Okay. Um, I've found a TV show. Right. Um, someone retweeted a tweet, obviously, from <laughs> one of the creators saying, just to remind you, Ladhood is only available on iPlayer for another month. Right. Um, so I thought I'd check it out because it was someone who opinion I respected, someone, like a football account that I'll follow. And so I checked out. It's um, a six-part sitcom. And it is by stand-up comedian Liam Williams. I don't know him. You will know... I know his voice better than him. Right. Uh, His voice must be used on adverts and stuff like that. Um, He's also... He's in in loads of... He's in Stafflet's Flats. He's in... I imagine he's in Ghosts. He's one of that crowd. Uh, In fact, I'm going to look him up and see if he... I imagine he probably is because he's in everything like that. He was in... This time with Alan Partridge, he was in Friday Night Dinner. So, yeah, drunk history, stuff like that. So he plays himself in this, or I hope it's a version of himself. Um, And each each episode deals with one of his flaws. So, for example, the first episode, it's him, after a few drinks, getting angry when someone's hitting on his girlfriend. And that's just a framing device for him going back to his high school days and standing in the background, physically in the background of the shot, whilst he looks at his teenage self going through experiences that made him the person that he is. I think the thing you could very easily compare it to is the in-betweeners, because it's four lads, just sort of top end of high school, bottom age of sixth form, they're drink, they've just found drink, they've just found smoking, they've found drugs, sort of like that. So it's a little bit tougher than... Yeah, it's a little bit tougher than um, the in-betweeners. It's northern, so it's set just outside Leeds, um, and it's set in the uh, very early 2000s, because obviously it's his school time. So the music is Beyonce, the music is Frontier Psychiatrist, which I know you hate and had it had it in my head for a couple for a couple of hours afterwards. So much and then you just kept singing it. Uh, the episode I listened to to, I watched today um, featured the best song of the early two thousands, which is The Best Song of the Early Two Thousands. See, once we get past sort of nineteen ninety eight, that's where my music knowledge kinda stops. Quite right. It's baby cakes by three of a kind. You'd be singing that as well? Yeah, that's why. Yes. 
You love that video as well because it's really rude in a really <laughs> juvenile way. I like it because it's just just so gratuitous. Yeah. yeah. I just don't yeah. think they'd get away with that. Although, having said that, hmm. Um, the thing I like about this is just how authentic it is. I think the in-betweeners is... It works because people can identify with the situations, but those situations are turned up by about three three hundred percent. No one ends up naked on a boat on a school trip or anything like that, punching oh, a you. trout to death. You never know. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this just seems like a group of lads just getting together, taking the piss out of each other, getting in trouble. Mates who do things that you're really, really not happy with, uh, but the, your mates at the end of the day. Like, the bad lads who you know you shouldn't be knocking about with and get you in trouble, mm. but somehow end up coming around anyway. Yeah. I've ploughed through all six episodes in uh, a couple of days. And it's really, really worth checking out. It, I've never heard of this before. And there is a second series coming. Liam Williams is an awful person, if it's anything like that. Who He's got rage <laughs> problems. He's got alcohol and drug problems. Uh, his girlfriend really needs to leave him, like, immediately. Uh, but I hope it's just an exaggeration of himself I'm rather sure than anything else. But I think you would really like it as well. Okay. Cause it's, whereas the in-betweeners is very sort of upper middle class. This mm. is very lower middle class. Mm. Yeah. It's quite nice that like when people are talking about going out around Leeds, it's the places that I was going out with when I was yeah. in uni in Huddersfield and we yeah. used to like sneak onto the last uh, last train back home from Majestics and stuff like that. Majestics, Majestics with a YKS. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's just how it worked in the 90s <laughs> and the early 2000s. But yeah, it's really charming. And I think the first episode, I didn't quite realise that he was supposed to be a dickhead. So, <laughs> but then as soon as that clicked, I was sold. And it's, yeah, it, seriously, check it out because it deserves it deserves viewings and it's only going to be on the iPlayer for another month or so. Well, that was a bit of a turn up for the books. I didn't expect you to say that. Okay. Well, I'm glad you found that, actually, because yeah. that sounds like something... I want to say, like, gentle. It doesn't sound gentle from what you're saying, like, the, the topics that it covers. Um, but... Yeah, it sounds like something that's easy to watch and something that you could relate to as it's, it's a lad. Tw- each episode's 20, 25 minutes long. Mm, it's just the perfect length. Yeah. Cool. Can I talk about your favourite uh, girl group, Little Mix? The no three of a kind, but yeah. <laughs> three of a kind weren't a girl group, though, were they? No, but there was girl, a girl and two boys. Right, okay. Anyway, back to Little Mix. Yeah. So Little Mix have started a how do what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a, yeah, yeah. I was about to say a quiz show. <laughs> That's not what they're doing. Another one of your faves. Um yeah, so they've started their own talent show. It's called Little Mix the Search. It's on BBC One. I'm gonna start off by saying that this is fine, right? So the talent show, the competition, it's fine. They're good singers, they're putting them into bands. They'll, they'll, they'll all do well, and maybe we'll hear of them, or maybe we won't. Probably do you not. Know, do you know what I mean? It's, I know where it's going, and someone might get famous, but, you know, we were, today we were listing all of the bands. I think they were, like, the boy bands from, like, the Girls Aloud days and the Hearsay days that never went anywhere. One True Boys. Yes. What was the other, what, Shakespeare's thingy that you no, said? W- no, Shakespeare's Way With Words was a song by One True Voice. Oh, right, I thought that was a band that you were talking about. I think that was the follow-up single, or it might have been double A-side with whatever else was... Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, Sacred Trust. Sacred Trust, that's it. So, like, 
the people that were meant to be massive, yeah. and this was just at the start of like the TV talent shows, and then went away. That's I'm just gonna put that over there that it's fine as one of those shows, and maybe I'm just a bit old for it now, and maybe if I was a bit younger, I'd be really really invested in the people that I'm seeing on the screen. They can all sing really well. I wish them all very well. That's so I'm putting that over there as like an old woman. I get the feeling there's a book coming. <laughs> no, it does not. My, it's it's not a but, it's an and. And the reason that I'm watching this and I'm continuing to watch this is because it's so different from the other TV talent shows that we have seen in the past and that are still in existence. I am finding this fascinating from an anthropological point of view, which, you know, that's, that's another thing for the poster, isn't it? If I told you I was watching Little Mix from an anthropological point of view, you'd uh, have something to say. Yeah, I certainly would. I am fascinated by how they have looked at the TV talent show. They have taken their own experiences as a group that were put together on one. So mm. they were on X Factor. I'm writing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, sometimes I mix them up. So they were on X Factor. They were put together and they have gone on to great success. I think it's really interesting that they have said that they're not going to do any of the cruel parts of those shows they have got people who can sing they have seen them already they have auditioned them already and then they get brought in to to be to be in the in the room having an audition so we can see Mm. so you've not got anyone who thinks that they're really good and is going to have their heart broken on television You've got people who have maybe been singing since they were very young or they've been in bands before and they just haven't caught a break. I'm interested that a lot of the women that they've got on the show are young mothers. So they've had children or, um, you know, they have um, families and caring responsibilities. I, I like that they've got real diversity and the people that they, they've got coming in there, but you're not getting the old men yeah. in their tight pants who, you know, the old rockers that have been doing the clubs for ages, that, yes, they, you can laugh at them, and yes, it's funny, mm. but you feel that, you know, I always felt that a lot of those people were quite unwell, and yeah. this was not helping them. Mm. I mean, going back to the the parent point, it's we're only 20 years away from Kim Marsh hiding the fact that she had a child yes. from... Nasty Nigel Lithgow yes. in in pop stars. Yes, and, you know, and that seemed perfectly normal at the time that she wanted to hide that. Yes, um, and similarly thinking about Kim Marsh as well, and you remember the, those horrible scenes with Nigel, where you know it's, it's quite horrifying now with her and with um, Mylene, where they're being told. I think he said something along the lines of "Christmas is coming and the goose is getting fat." I really remember that as oh, a young really? woman. There, it was a line around that. Um, where he he was essentially saying to them, you've put on weight and you can't be in this band if you have put this weight. I mean, they were absolutely tiny. Mm. There was there was no suggestion that they were unfit or, you know, that weight had been... Put, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really messing that up in terms of just... I'm, I'm being trying to be really careful with my words, but there, were, there was nothing wrong with those women. And what I love about this show is that you've got people of all different body shapes and nobody says anything. No one's going to come out and say, you don't look like a pop star. Because now, thankfully, pop stars, rock stars, whatever, we have such a diversity in the industry. Do we 
I know we've got people who represent different things. Well, um, we, well, what I'm saying is, I think we've moved away from a bloke on telly saying to two young women, "Yeah, you you have got fat." Yes, yeah, and and, and you and you can't. You've got to go on a diet. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. I think we've just moved forward. We may not have moved forward in you know completely. Yes, I'm not saying that you know the world's a beautiful place because often it isn't. But when we haven't got. In particular, we haven't got a man telling two young girls to go on a diet. And that's what yeah. I really love about this show is that, that it's four women who have been through this process, who really carefully think about who's going to go through. And you can see them making really good business decisions. Mm. When they've got someone in front of them that they know isn't right, they will give them the critique. It's It's gentle, but it's realistic. It's authentic. And saying, actually, you know what? You would be great as this or in another band, but you're not going to fit into this band. And there's no point in us taking you through to have your dreams crushed because we know we're never going to take you through into round three or round four. I like the fact that they, um, they've they decided that they want certain types of bands. So they want a vocal girl group. They want an, like a group where everyone plays an instrument. They want uh, an R&B group. You know, they've, they've really thought about what do we want and who would who where, where would we put people so if you've got someone who's got a really really good voice but can't dance you're not going to put them in the girl dance group are you you know yeah. you're going to put them in the vocal group i just think for, it's not really about the show it's about little mix themselves i can see them they in particular perry she knows vocals yeah. she is giving brilliant critique to people because she herself has has learnt from the best mm. and had vocal coaching and she's got this beauty you can see just this this ear that she's just listening and she's you know a lot of people these days they sing through their teeth and they do all these rasps and they do all these trills and she's just you you know you you can't do that because it's going to kill you on stage it's going to ruin your voice but also people want you to sing you know sing out and and have a have a full voice rather than this so i find that like fascinating that she's doing that and I, i'm just really happy for them that they have found something that they can do they can carry this on i feel that this is like the next step for them so if they didn't want to continue with um their career as little mix as a group that i think they've got a really really good foothold now in the industry to be able to take other people forward and i just think that's brilliant because you know a few years ago you were in a band you got you got a bit old and that's the other thing as well you got a bit old for it and then off you went and you might have you might end up being not that there's anything wrong with this but you might end up on a a, a, a radio show and we never hear from you again you know like a radio presenter on a on a channel that we never hear of ever again what is spike from 911 doing now d- d- yeah that's what i kind of mean but not in a cruel way no 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 i mean cl- um, no i i fully understand what you're yeah. saying and yeah I've seen bits of it. Yeah. You've had it on in the background. Yeah. It seems a bit repetitive. Yes, I have fast-forwarded quite a bit. And that's why I'm saying, as a show, it's fine. Yeah. If I didn't ever watch it again, I wouldn't, like, be sitting crying in my bedroom. But I recommend it from, from my... I mean, this is a weird recommend it. From my perspective, I recommend it for people to go and watch it because I think it's really good as a show. Yeah. As a show that's... It's a different type of talent show. Okay. Um, I'm... 
like I said, I'm not going to complain if it's on. Because yeah. I like Little Mix. I think they're quite yeah. fun. and um, Yeah, and they seem to get on really well together. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been rumours that they hate each other, hasn't there? But I don't, I don't think there has been. Okay. I, th- I think it's one of the groups where actually that's not the case. I think they all know what they do in, in the group. And they've gone through a lot of things together. Mm. But I don't think you could do a show like this and pretend to be getting on really well the entire time yeah. because you're making you're critiquing people and mm. you're going to have differences of opinions and they do have differences of opinion but they do it in sort of like it's a very sisterly way that they do it rather than yeah. like a bitchy way do you know what i mean if they have a difference of opinion okay anyway i've talked about this for way too long i was only yeah. gonna do two minutes on it <laughs> but yeah there we go cool well i've got a film that i've seen uh that i think i need to talk about quite a bit um so, Q-Alien Ant Farm. Q-Alien Ant Farm. So, I feel this is going to be somewhat of a relief for you, because I think you've been wanting to talk about this film for ages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is Rocks that I'm talking about, which I first found out about back in April. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally scheduled for release sometime in cinemas in April uh, before the bad stuff happened. Um, and Empire did a five-star, two-page spread, which for a small film was quite something and made me think it's probably a film I should check out as soon as I can. Uh, obviously, it's had to go on the shelf for six months and it's been released in cinemas recently. Um, it's by Sarah Gavron, who has had quite a bit of success with Brick Lane and Suffragette. I don't know Brick Lane, but I remember Suffragette coming out. Yeah, so um, so obviously that's a big name film. It's got Kerry Mulligan, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, Meryl Streep, so yeah. Yeah. But this is very, very stripped back, this film. Um, it's the story of um, Rox is a girl who lives in East London. Okay, so Rox is the name of the girl. Yeah, okay. nickname. Uh, her name is Shola, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's um, a second generation Nigerian immigrant, uh, lives with her mother and younger brother in a flat. They're just about making do. Um, obviously, East London, it's one of the poorer parts of London. And this just follows her as she goes to school with her friends. Um, she looks after her brother. And then one day she comes home to find a note from her mother saying, I'm sorry, I can't take this anymore. I'm going away for a while. And an envelope of money. Which instantly sounds like a awful, depressing film. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. And at points, it is. It is... It, it fills you full of anxiety, but to paint it in that way would be a mischief, would, would be a lie, because this is so very, very sort of life affirming. Um, these, the people are, the girls are mostly um, first time actors, untrained actors in many ways. The way that they did this was um, Sarah Gavron and her crew went into schools and started workshopping with girls. Um, had an idea of what they wanted to do, but wrote the script from what girls were saying and then cast from those workshops. And that took about a year by all accounts. Um, the performances are so good that it's 
partway through, I was like, why are we even bothering giving actors awards? If like a few kids can just come in and absolutely nail it, you feel everything. Just watching the kids like interact, there's points where they're just hanging out. And it's like watching a group of kids just hanging out and having mm-hmm. fun. And it cuts from film to them filming each other on their on the phones, like you know, like you would in like the would in real life. And there's such amount of fun going on. The girl who plays Rocks, um, whose name is Bucky Bakre, um, she's on the back of this got a scholarship to Rada. Oh, brilliant. I kind of hope it doesn't spoil her. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she is phenomenal. She has all the uh, emotional moments in this. Mm. And if she's not pulling those off, I don't think this film works. Mm, yeah. um, her brother, Emmanuel, um, is played by D'Angelo Osio Kisidiu. I'm sure I've butchered that name, but it's apologies if anyone's listening who knows him. He is... Th- so cute, so fun. So he's got he really portrays the innocence of sort of an eight year old child. And as iconic as in Save Me the Yellow Jacket was, <laughs> yes. he's got this little green dinosaur hoodie with the like the spikes oh, on the back. No. And it's yeah, it's it's as iconic as the yellow ho- the yellow sweet. jacket. I love those ones. You really feel for them. Uh, the no one's really portrayed as a baddie in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no one out to get them. There's some people who maybe don't have their best interests at heart, but the majority of people are trying to save them, trying to help them. Um, and because Rox is scared and she doesn't know what she doesn't know what she's doing, she pushes away from them and makes decisions that you're kind of urging her not to make. You want her to take the help that's on offer from people around her, her friends, neighbours who are real who sort of click on as to what's going on. But she pushes further and further away just to make sure that... Because she's scared of what will happen to her and her brother. Um, This film came out a couple of weeks ago in cinemas and I was dying to go see it, but none of the major film, none of the audience near us had it with loads of screens and it was down to a few sort of art house films and I couldn't quite find a time that worked for me. Art house cinemas. Yeah, art house cinemas, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and so I was quite kind of angry that none of the big films were putting on it because this is so hyped, it won loads of festival awards. Everyone's, I've seen so loads of people tweeting about it and um, saying just how amazing this film is. Um, and then... All of a sudden, I suddenly realise why, because last Thursday it popped up on Netflix. Right. So everyone is able to see this. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that people, it was left in cinemas just to help people, but if more people can see it and it helps them make a profit mm-hmm. because their business must have been screwed by those mm-hmm. them six months, uh, so be it. If it means you can watch it, please do, because this is a film that needs to be seen. It's, it, it's, top of the best films of the year for me. Okay. And it's probably top of my favourite film of the year as well. Okay. So who, what else would be in that mix? Nothing's going to pass it. Nothing's, what do you mean? Well, Well, you said this was towards the top of your favourite films of the year. Mm. So I was thinking, is there something else that's no, actually above it, or is this your favorite no, film I think of the year? I, I'll wait up at the end of the year. Okay. But <laughs> okay. Yeah. You just don't want to. No, really I don't want to commit match. just yet. Yeah, okay, this is enough. the best film I've seen so far so this far. year, okay. and it is my favorite film I've seen so far okay. this year. Right. Although I spent a lot of it going, oh god, I hope yeah. out of it. This um, one thing I do really need to talk about is. This is such a really, really multicultural film. Um, Roxy's family obviously comes from Nigeria, but in a group of friends, there is um, 
there's girls who wear hijabs, um, girls from like Somalian families, mm-hmm. and you get to see into their families and how they interact, and everyone just gets on. Um, and the fallout, because girls and kids of that age do, uh, there's, uh, there is Romani kids in the group of friends, mm-hmm. there's white kids in the group of friends, there's middle-class kids in the group of friends, and it just, they just get on and they have a laugh in class. Um, Roxy's never portrayed as being sort of a victim of her circumstances. It's made quite clear that she's doing quite well. She's in like top sets at school and stuff like that. It's just so well written and so carefully put together. Um, I'm really tempted to watch it again this afternoon because okay. uh, I'm off work this afternoon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, I, I love this film, if you can't tell. I and can tell. I think people should watch it too. Brilliant. It's really hard to find on Netflix. Um, what, do you have to like search for it by name? Yeah, you have to search. So I, when I went onto it on Friday, which is when it was first put on, I think it was Saturday I went to look for it. You know, you kind of look through the top mm, things. It's yeah. not there. Don't always have new releases on there. Yeah. And if you go to search, you literally have to type in R-O-C-K-S because if you type in R-O-C-K, it still doesn't appear in like the, you know, like the wow. nine or 12 on the side of That's it. That's annoying for them. Yeah. Because you want, if it's going to be on Netflix, it's a big release, then it should just be there to and click I, on. I hope word of mouth goes through this because mm. a lot of people are tweeting about this now. Yeah. Um, so I would hope that people would find this, but, uh, and as I've gone onto the app now, it's number one on the dramas. Oh, good. So. oh right, Okay. Is it in the most popular as well? Um, it doesn't look to be, but okay. that might just be because I've watched it. To be yeah, honest, yeah. yeah, you never quite know how the algorithm works. But yeah, please watch this. This is great. Um, more things like this need to be made. Well, that's a nice thing to end the podcast with. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's all we've got for this week. Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> take care of yourselves. <laughs> and each other. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Baby cakes, you just don't know, know How I, I, I like it down low, low And I just want you to know that I think our love will grow We'll take it step by step because I'm not something Reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Peewee podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time. I just want you to know, oh, oh, and I think I'll never grow, yeah, yeah, I just want you to know, oh, oh.